listening to Locked on Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. Today's episode, we have a Notre Dame defensive lineman being invited to the Senior Bowl. We also have another recruit, another top recruit, flipping from another Pac-12 school to Notre Dame. And then lastly, we are going to react to some comments made by Brian Kelly about possibly heading to the NFL. Before we get into that, as I said, I am Joe DeLeon, a former Division I long snapper at the University of Rhode Island. Ryan is an NFL draft and college football analyst, as well as the director of scouting with NFL Draft Bible. So speaking of, you know, a great way to transition into this, Ryan, you are very much so an NFL draft enthusiast. Um, you know a lot about the circuits and a lot of these smaller known guys and some of these these senior bowl invites. I'm in a group chat with you where you send literally every single invite into the chat and you can give us a small blurb or even a full paragraph on every single guy that gets invited. So we have Dalen Hayes, number nine for the defensive line, a impactful veteran upperclassman on this defense right now getting the invite to go play in Mobile at the Senior Bowl if it's played. Uh, Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, um, offering this opportunity to Dalen Hayes to play. So I'm just curious to hear from you, Ryan. One, did you see this one coming? Did you see this as being a likely invite? And two, what are some of the significant or what is the significance uh, of him getting this invite? Well, I, I think Dalen was on the Senior Bowl watch list going into the summer, and I know that Jim did post something about him, just talking about him a little bit. So I wasn't surprised that he got the invite. It's obviously very huge in a abbrevi- another abbreviated draft season coming because we talked about the NFL PA Bowl going full virtual, talk about the East-West Shrine game kaput completely. So there's less opportunities for guys. So that Senior Bowl invite, m- more this year than maybe ever, is so paramount to the process, the draft process, speaking uh, specifically. So Dalen has a really interesting story. He was actually originally – he flipped, they flipped him from USC. Speaking of USC flips, because we talked about that a little bit yesterday uh, with the cornerback that they just flipped there. But he was committed to play for the Trojans as an off-ball linebacker. That's where he played the majority of his, of his career in high school. And then Notre Dame brings him on campus – he fits into their weak side defensive end, their drop end, quote-unquote. And he's he had a lot of flashes early. He started as a, as a true sophomore. And then he got kind of pushed to the side a little bit because he, he dealt with some injuries. And then Khalid Kareem, Julian Aquara kind of took the mantle as the best defensive ends on the team and were the, you know, the, the mainstays at the position for a couple years there. So Dalen got kind of pushed aside. He was a senior last year in 2019. He had the injury where he was able to get the redshirt season so that he was able to come back for this year. And he's he's played well this year. He absolutely has. He's always had the talent. He's always had the athleticism. I, one of the first games, I think he might have been the first game he started when he was a sophomore. He completely hurdled a running back trying to take out his legs. And it was one of the most athletic plays that you saw. And at that point, you're like, Dalen Hayes might be the next big thing for Notre Dame. So now he has an opportunity. He's getting a full year of evaluation, a full year of film, luckily with Notre Dame uh, you know, fitting into the ACC and figuring out the scheduling issue. And 
He has taken advantage of it. He's, you know, flashed. Has he ever been a guy that's put it together on a snap-to-snap basis? I don't think so. But now he has the opportunity to go down to, to Mobile. And I think what they're going to put him through is he's played off ball a little bit, you know, coming in, made that full transition to defensive end. He's probably a 3-4 outside linebacker, a guy that's going to have to do some things in space. I think the big evaluation for him is he's never going to be a guy that you're probably going to hang your hat on and say you're one of the best pass rushers, two or three pass rushers on our team. But can you do the other things? Can you play in space? Can you set the edge? Can you play a little off ball at points? It's going to be huge, him in those one-on-one drills in pass coverage, him one-on-one with running backs, tight ends, seeing what the versatility is with the Dale and Hayes. And it's a huge, a huge opportunity for him. And the long-winded answer to saying, I'm not super surprised, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what type of athlete and the versatility that comes with a Dale and Hayes down in Mobile. Yeah, the, the, again, this, this invite is very significant for him to – get this invite to be one of the first to be actually the first Notre Dame player to confirm that they're going to go play in mobile. And with a complicated off season, a complicated draft process, you really need to take advantage of these opportunities when they are presented to you. Jim Nagy has said that he has put out a number of invites to Notre Dame players on his Twitter. So there could be a few more in the ranks We're actually, this is a good teaser for what we were hoping to do on Friday, which is using this bye week to talk about some of the bigger name Notre Dame draft prospects and some projections for them. We're going to talk about that on Friday, and we also, again, might see more players in that conversation invited to the Senior Bowl. Ryan, who do you think is going to be invited left here because it sounds like there's at least a a few more guys coming maybe two or three maybe more from this Notre Dame team because for me I think Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is a pretty clear-cut guy Um, considering what we've seen from him on tape we've seen these incredible games and performances in huge spots where they've needed him and then I would argue and you might you might disagree with me on this if Ian Book continues to play the way that he is he's coming from a big program um, he could earn himself that invite because we've seen in the past, we've seen guys like Justin Herbert go who are clear top five picks, but then we've seen some other dudes like Shea Patterson who maybe aren't really in that first five round range, but they're coming from a big program. They're a notable name and, and teams just want to get to see them up close if they want them to be their backup quarterback or maybe a third quarterback in the wings. Like, where, where do you sit on this? Do you think that this is uh, those two names make sense? And if there's anybody else, I, I think Ian Book is a candidate to definitely go to the game. I know Jim Nagy. You know, just from back to back and forth a little bit on Twitter. I know that he's a fan of Ian Book. So I, I would be, <laughs> I would actually be maybe a little surprised if he actually didn't end up getting an invite. The Jeremiah Wusukoromo is a really interesting one. The problem there is he is. Field-wise, athletic-wise, he is a redshirt junior in his eligibility. So how that works is you have to graduate in December to be eligible for that game. You have to be a graduated senior in the classroom, right? So we'll have to wait and see if if Jeremiah does finish up then. If he does, I would be – I mean, I'd be completely shocked if he is available for that game and Jim Nagy doesn't throw an invite there. He has Mm – I mean – Seeing him do some safety things, some linebacker linebacker drills, like that's the perfect guy for the evaluation process because the question right now with him is, where is he playing? So we, we really want to see Jeremiah Wusukormo. I think the guy that really popped in my mind, though, 
Liam Eikenberg, offensive tackle, left tackle. I think he is the guy that if I had to point at a guy and say he's definitely probably going to be down there, I would be, uh, I'd be very, very, um, very confident that Liam Eikenberg is going to get an invite sometime here. Right guard Tommy Kramer might be another guy too. He's been on the radar for a couple of years. He's never really quite lived up to the expectations of when he came out of high school and, and started early on at right tackle, eventually moving into right guard. But I think that he has some fans in the draft community, so I wouldn't be surprised. Another guy uh, on the other side of Dalen Hayes, Adi Ogandiji, I feel like he might be a guy that might get an invite just because he's that long athletic pass rusher who's kind of a raw player early on in his career. He's really starting to figure it out. So I think those guys kind of really stick out to me. And then maybe if I had to throw in a sleeper for you, I would not be surprised, um, Joe, if Ben Skoranek gets an invite down to Mobile. Yeah. Nagy was tweeting about him a lot. I I could totally see that. Nagy's one of those guys where he will outwardly reveal indirect. Well, he's also posted some guys on the watch list before it's actually come out on his his Twitter. But he's one of those guys. He's going to be blatantly honest on social media and say, these are the guys that I'm interested in. This guy has really impressed me. That usually means they're going to go back and watch the tape. And if they have room, he's probably going to invite a guy like Ben Skoranek. Absolutely, and, and he posted something like, this is the kind of guy that makes a long career in the NFL with how he blocks, right. how he plays. It's like, okay, that, that blurb seems like a little <laughs> like there might be something behind that a little bit. So Skronik's a guy to definitely keep an eye on. Eichenberg, we'll see what Jeremiah Wusukoromo, but there are definitely a few guys on this roster that are both deserving and potentially um, I think are pretty good favorites to maybe land down there in Mobile. And the tweet I was referencing when I said earlier – Nagy had indicated there were other invites coming out for this Notre Dame team separate from Dalen Hayes. The tweet was literally the one that you just referenced, that we just referenced about Ben Skoranek. He said, I'm really impressed by all this. We already invited a bunch of Notre Dame guys, but he is somebody that we are now very much paying attention to, which makes sense. He's a a big dude. He blocks. Um, He's an aggressive receiver. You don't really need him to be your number one guy on an NFL team. I don't think he really has that in him, but big, athletic, strong is exactly what you want on your kickoff coverage team. It's exactly what you want on your punt coverage team because he's athletic, he moves, and he also has um, that strength going for him as well. So we have a interesting recruiting flip coming up. We're going to get to that very soon. Before, though, folks, I have to fill you in on the one thing that I am filling you in on Every single day. That is Coors Light. These days, it seems like life forces us to be on all the time. But every every now and then, you need that extra little bit of time at the end of your week to just sit back, relax, and unwind. And I know after I'm done working these odd, bizarre hours of random gaps and having to stay up late, cutting, editing, all the stuff that I do... After that long week, I just want to be able to sit back, relax, and grab a Coors Light, the beer that is made to chill. There's only one beer out there that is literally made to chill, and that is Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's a crisp and refresh. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one that I grab when I choose to unwind and to relax after a long day. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. 
Com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now, Ryan, do you have another message for us? Yes, and I will say no matter what your profession is, whether you are a professional athlete, whether you are a podcaster, whether you are in the media, whether you're a teacher, Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through the wall with Built Go. Whether it's mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. It's easy to take in a one-and-a-half-ounce package Put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation of your life, your golf bag. Put, just put it in your back pocket for whatever the day brings. Bilko is the best workout gel on the market. It's five outer energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's even better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. Comes in three flavors, including peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and my personal favorite, chocolate mint. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is the fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on my stomach afterwards. Bilko is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Bilko then kicks me go, keeps me going strong throughout the rest of the day. Has B6, B12, all the vitamins you need on a daily basis. Collagen protein promotes joint soft tissue, hair and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better while also making you perform better. Visit Viltgo.com and use promo code LOCKED, all capitals LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, all caps, for 20% off at Viltgo.com. Let's go. Ryan, so back-to-back episodes, we have a recruit, a top recruit flipping and of all places, from of all places, it's another Pac-12 school. And of all position groups, we have a kicker flipping from Colorado, that being Joshua Bryan from Chatsworth, California, ranked as the number one kicker by Sailor Kicking. I'll discuss in a second how that ranking is a little bit arbitrary, um, but he's still a very talented kicker. He's going to be a very highly prized kid that is highly sought after so to bring in a guy like this is very big for your special teams room considering what is going on with Jonathan Knorr who we he might be leaving after this year he's saying that he might come back we're going to get to that in a second but just from hearing from Brian he said I felt like I had to do it because of what Notre Dame is as a school it wasn't an easy decision. I enjoyed my visit to Colorado, and it was really a really nice campus. But academically, Notre Dame has such a valuable degree, and I can be very successful coming from a school like that. I've always been at small private schools. Um, they're on a roll right now, and that makes things even more exciting for me. That quote is coming from our friend Mike Singer uh, with the with BlueAndGold.com of 24-7 Sports. So getting this is, is very significant, Ryan. Because you're you're bolstering your special teams room. Jonathan Dorer had made a slight indication that he might be coming back next year, but even to have a freshman waiting in the wings, I think that that is is perfect to be going and grabbing a guy that is not only highly sought after but very talented. Yeah, it's the perfect. I mean, it's the perfect conversation, right? It's the perfect situation. If Joshua Bryan's coming in. He takes the redshirt year. He has four years of eligibility. If jo- if Jonathan Dorr does indeed take that opportunity to come back in the 2021 season, I think it makes a ton of sense because if not, you are pressing this young man into a competition with um, with a former walk-on in Harrison Leonard, which, hey, I- I've heard some good things about Harrison Leonard, but 
He was a walk-on for a reason. No offense to him. Joshua Bryan's going to be a true freshman. We'll see how that transition period happens for him. But I think Jonathan Doerr is really the key to how successful that this move is going to be because, obviously, Bryan is very highly thought of. He's going to be a great kicker at Notre Dame. The question is whether that's going to be next season or the year after. But no matter what, right, like we talk about a third of the game, the pickup of, the, of one of the elite kickers in all of high school football to come on your football team is a big deal for Notre Dame. For a um, special teams that's you know been a little up and down, it's been okay. Jonathan Dora has done a pretty nice job, but having a talent like Joshua Bryan coming in now is a big deal for Notre Dame's special teams moving forward into a area of the game where they really take a lot of pride in. Yeah, special teams has always been a priority, and they've always done a really good job of recruiting. And again, that number one ranking is it, it's tough to really say that with a finite. Um, ranking because it's not like some of these other position groups where you have 24-7 sports and rivals that do them. You have so many different kicking coaches and camps across the country. They all have a different number one guy. I'm not the biggest fan of Chris Saylor. I've had one specific instructor and um, some uh, more specifically one be very disrespectful to me on social media, which pissed me off. But um, I'm not going to hold that against for this kid. I think that he's still very talented. So you're going and grabbing uh, grabbing a guy here that that has that notoriety and has a lot of schools coming after him to steal a guy like that who is maybe not a locked in guaranteed number one kicker but is still going to be in that top five conversation because of all the different various camps and how many different guys are considered number one um, in the country. In a few minutes, we are going to react to comments made by Brian Kelly when asked about possibly leaving for the NFL and his thoughts on why he wants to stay at the University of Notre Dame. So to wrap up today's show, folks, before we get into it, please make sure you go and hit that subscribe button and follow us on Twitter at LockedOnIrish to stay up to date on everything you need to know about our daily Notre Dame Athletics podcast. If you enjoy the show so far, please incur with your friends, your, your family members that are Notre Dame fans. Pass the show along. Tell them, hey, this is a great podcast. I, I like hearing a, a daily Notre Dame stuff. I think you might enjoy it too. Uh, if you're like my dad and you're still trying to figure out how to use the podcast app on your phone, shoot us a DM. We can show you. We can show your family members. If they can't figure it out, I'm more than willing to help you. But uh, the, the remaining part of this segment on today's show, what we want to talk about is recent comments by Brian Kelly. Now, this isn't like big home run news, Ryan. This isn't like a major headline. Um, had he said the opposite it might have been news, but his response is just reassuring. And, and we're in the bye week. It's worth talking about. He went on the Move the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, um, which is a part of NFL Media. I met Daniel Je Jeremiah once. Tall dude. Just really random me throwing that out there. Um, very knowledgeable podcast. Really great podcast. We both listened to it. And Brian Kelly went on the show. And the first one of the first things that they threw out there and asked him that I thought was really compelling is have you actually considered possibly moving up to the NFL level? That's something that a lot of these good college coaches who have had some established success have been asked. I mean, heck, we've seen Lou Holtz move up, and he went and coached the Jets. Didn't go so so well, but we see guys like Cliff Kingsbury is having some pretty good early success right now. Um, we've seen 
a number of college coaches go and, and take over NFL teams that want a change of pace and get some new philosophy, some new blood into the NFL. His response was that, well, I, you know, I'm not, I don't really want to do that. I thought about it early on in my career. It's not what I want to do. And the big thing, Ryan, was that he said that he doesn't, he wants to be able to have that full control. So it's good to hear that he wants to stay back, but it's, it's also worth discussing. I think that's a big reason why a lot of guys don't move up is because they want to be able to have full control of their roster, the guys that they're bringing in, not have to confer with a general manager or any of those things. Yeah, and I think it makes a lot of sense. First and foremost, it was a great conversation between Coach Kelly, uh, Bucky Brooks, and DJ, Daniel Jeremiah. He's the best in the business, by the way. Him and Dane Brugler from The Athletic are my two favorite guys to listen about NFL drafts. So it was a great conversation. They put out great podcasts. And it, it wasn't surprising to me to a degree because like you, you'd always heard about Brian Kelly getting thrown out into those conversations. I feel like every single year, like – he might be a candidate for this job. He might be a candidate for that job. But when you really think about it and what he what he talked about was wherever he's been, going back to Central Michigan, going back to Cincinnati, now at Notre Dame, he's a program builder. If there's anything that we can say po- uh, to the highest level of positivity for Brian Kelly, he takes struggling programs and he makes them better because of his ability as a recruiter and his ability to establish a culture. That is what he does. The roster building aspect of that, you have full control over what your roster is going to look like from the recruiting side of everything. To go to the NFL, you're going to be you're going to be joined at a hip by a general manager who is going to have a say, an owner that is going to have a say into what your roster looks like. Your roster development is going to be a group effort, and then it's your job to get the most out of it. So it makes total sense, and it it might just be. And some guys are like this. Nick Saban's like this too. Mm-hmm. They are college football coaches because they know how to create their roster and they know how to do the best job they need to do with the team that they have created. So it it, it completely made sense to me and it's very reassuring. You're talking about rec- we've been talking a ton about recruiting over the last couple of days. Hearing that, if I'm a 2022 recruit, 2023 recruit, like moving forward here, hearing that Brian Kelly is stable and that he's happy where he is is great for the program, it's great for recruiting, and it makes total sense why Brian Kelly enjoys being a college football coach so much. And the the one example that I really like to point to that has worked out the worst, and I even tweeted it out as a joke, Bill O'Brien is that perfect example of a guy that wanted full control. He ends up getting handed full control, and all he did was pull the, the roster apart, overcomplicate things, and now he's out of a job. So that you know that level of control is not. It, it doesn't always work. It, the same roster building techniques that you have in college football is very different at the NFL level. There's no contracts. There's no salary cap when you're recruiting these kids. You're trying to sell them an education and a brand. That's a little bit easier to do than trying to negotiate a contract with a guy like Deshaun Watson or trying to work out your differences with DeAndre Hopkins. That obviously has its own complicated background that we don't even fully understand because we're not in in the coaching room or the locker room with those guys. But it's a very different dynamic. Working with a, a college kid and trying to bring them through and teach them the early parts of their lives and instill key aspects of, of maturity, which you know any of those recruits, they think that they're mature when they're 18, but they're not. I know that I was one of those people that I was not mature until 
pretty much recently, and I still don't think I'm entirely mature, but playing college football really helped me. It's a lot different than trying to to handle the personalities of some of these guys like an Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown that once they start getting paid that $100 million money after they've been a rookie, that they think that they can do whatever they want. It's a much different power struggle. It's not the same thing of, of trying to help mold young men than rather controlling personalities. Yeah, and it, it's, it's – I mean, an NFL – coaching general manager marriage is something that most people can't do like we talked about bill belichick does it bill belichick might not do it that well though because i don't know if his rosters are ever like that incredible i don't think he's a great general manager part of that evaluator part of that what he is is he's a great coach we see guys like bill o'brien you just said chip kelly when he was here in philadelphia they got control and then it absolutely fell apart why there's several factors you just talked about personalities players have different price tags A scholarship, like you're awarding scholarship money, right, to each of these players, it's for the same amount. It's for the same education. There are no $100 million scholarships comparative to a $200,000 scholarship, right? Like there's no tiered system for that that respect. So it's harder to really manipulate and to do the roster thing. And even though the uh, roster management, I mean, and it not only is – the game moving a little differently on the college level with the transfer portal, right? Like it's, it's becoming a little more like free agency to a degree, but we're talking about teams that change so drastically from a year to year perspective. And then the recruiting process coaches, a lot of times are recruiting these players for two to three years. Some players are getting scholarships when they're in junior high or in freshman year of high school. Now, like it's just so different. There's just so many layers to being that role on the NFL level that you really need to departmentalize, compartmentalize. It's too much for one person to do. And like I said, again, some guys love that full control, but that full control probably isn't too advantageous on the NFL level. But Brian Kelly just happens to be a, a really nice fit as a college coach, which a lot of guys are. And that's fine because you want to talk about roster development. You want to talk about program development. Notre Dame players are going to love that Brian Kelly is fully committed to the program for the foreseeable future. The last thing I just want to throw in with this, Ryan, is bringing it, you know, having Brian Kelly say that he wants to stay is very important because over the success that he has established over the last five years, that that full final push of, of continuous success that we've seen, it's good to hear from him saying that he's going to come back to bring back that consistency. But at the same time, you have to understand college coaches do lie all the time. They lie to recruits. They lie to their players. They're never 100% honest. They never say what exactly they're thinking. So don't be shocked. I would just like to put this disclaimer out there. Don't be shocked if this suddenly rapidly changes. College coaches have an answer for everything. But it's good that he said that he's, he wants to stay. But again, don't be surprised if something unexpected happens. Yeah, and it's the off-the-field talk. We talk about coaching talk, right? Coaching talk, you know, extends past just the locker room, you know, um, locker room talk, right? Like, we're talking about the the establishment of this program. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. And this offseason, Brian Kelly's name is going to get thrown out there because, let's be honest, it happens every single year. But for now, you are you're presenting yourself as the face of this program for this to be a foreseeable future. It doesn't hurt anybody, and it is going to be a good reassurance to the future and uh, Notre Dame players that are coming in. 
Folks, that is going to be it for us on today's episode. If you might have recalled on Wednesday, we teased Malik Zaire coming on for today's show. Our apologies for uh, apologies for not having him on. He had some scheduling issues. We're going to sort that out, and hopefully we can get him on maybe um, on our next episode. If not, we'll like to have him on sometime uh, by the end of the year or in the near future. So if we can get him on, I'm sure that you'd love to hear from a former Notre Dame quarterback. Though that is it for us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Go follow us on social media at Locked On Irish, at Joe DeLeon, and at Rise and Draft. Uh, additionally, give us a review if you enjoy the show, uh, the show so far. Tomorrow, we are going to be doing a little bit of NFL draft talk as we discussed earlier. Um, you can catch us talking about the Notre Dame prospects that you should know about in the upcoming draft and where you think some of your favorite players might land in the upcoming draft based on round projection. If you're looking for anything else to tune into right now, the NBA draft has already passed. If you want to listen to Locked On NBA to hear any post thoughts or head on over to Locked On College Football to hear the grand scheme of things in college football with Notre Dame not playing this week. Thanks, folks, for tuning in. We will talk to you on Friday. 